Awesome. So again, happy Father's Day to all the dads here. It's awesome uh, to just be able to uh, to uh, share the word with you guys. It's always a pleasure for me. Uh, music is kind of my my natural niche, but uh, when I get to do this, it's always a little bit of a stretch. But I, I love it. I'm, I'm really. I think I'm growing into it a little bit. But you guys will let me know. I guess. <laughs> awesome. So I have a question for you guys. You you guys know that I like to start it out like this. Have you ever heard of what is called a dad joke? Anyone out there ever heard of a dad joke? <laughs> For those of you who may not be familiar with the art of dad jokes, here is a dictionary definition for you. An incredibly cheesy and or dumb joke made by a father to his children. Some of you may be masters of dad jokes, you just don't know it yet. Um, <laughs> but in honor of Father's Day, I put together a list of 10 dad jokes that are so bad that they're actually kind of good. So don't feel too bad for laughing at them, because I did. <laughs> Number one, daughter. Dad, I'm hungry. Dad. Hi, hungry. I'm dad. <laughs> I know some of you use that one. <laughs> Number two, whenever the cashier asks my dad if he'd like the milk in a bag, he says, no, just leave it in the carton. <laughs> yeah, they're just going to get worse. So. <laughs> Why do chicken coops only have two doors? If they had four, they'd be chicken sedans. I t I'm telling you, <laughs> they are really bad. Son, dad, make me a sandwich. Dad, poof, you're a sandwich. Yeah, we're only halfway through. So. <laughs> Son, dad, I was thinking. Dad, I thought I smelled something burning. <laughs> I like that one, actually. How do you make a Kleenex dance? Put a little boogie in it. Hey. <laughs> yeah, had to do it. <laughs> Two guys walk into a bar. The third one ducks. That one kind of went over some people. <laughs> Sorry, you'll get it in a little bit. <laughs> what is Forrest Gump's password? This is for the movie buffs. Forrest Gump's password on his computer. One Forrest one. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, that was a stretch. That was a stretch. <laughs> what do you call a fake noodle? An impasta. <laughs> all right, last one, I promise. <laughs> Did you know these French fries weren't actually cooked in France? They were cooked in Greece. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right, I'm done. Have a good day, guys. All right. <laughs> Awesome. Now, if you have your uh, Bibles on you, I invite you to, what a transition. Wow. <laughs> if you have your Bibles on you, I invite you to turn with me to Mark chapter 4. We're going to be in verses 21 through 25 today. Mark 4, 21 through 25. And the title of my message this morning is Shine Your Light. Everybody say, Shine Your Light. Amen. When you get there to verse 21, give me a big risen king. Amen, please. So I know you're there. Yes. Good. You guys are fast. Wow. Verse 21 says this, then Jesus asked them, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So Father God, we just bless the reading of your word. God, I ask that you would just speak to us. Through this passage, God, open our hearts, open our ears to what you would have for us to learn about you today, that we would just grow deeper in your word together as a church. In your name we pray, amen. 
Okay, so what exactly is happening here? Is Jesus giving us some, you know, interior decorating tips, you know, how to get the best lighting out of your lamps? Not really, not exactly. Jesus is teaching his disciples and those gathered around them in the form of what's called a parable. And we see he starts his teaching with a simple question. Would anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket or a bed? I can imagine the people that are, you know, listening to him teaching, giving each other kind of weird looks and, you know, scratching their heads, thinking to themselves, you know, obviously not. You know, who would do that? Why is he asking such a basic question? It makes no sense. No one would ever do that. It is a simple question with an obvious answer, but like all of Jesus' parables and teachings, there is a much deeper and powerful lesson to be learned underneath the surface, and that's what we're going to get into today. Jesus is actually speaking here about the responsibility of those who understand the word of God those who have the ears to hear. And we remember when Pastor Tom taught us last week, Jesus told his disciples and those around them, Mark chapter 4, verse 11, that they were permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. This understanding is the light that was inside them. But Jesus doesn't stop there. With this parable, he actually takes it a step further and says this understanding, this light that was given to you wasn't given so that you can just store it up and hide it from everyone else. It wasn't given so that you could just make yourself, puff yourself up with it with just plain knowledge. It doesn't go to you and stop there. You were meant to shine that light that's inside of you. If you have Jesus inside you, if you've been changed by the power of his love and grace, if your mind has been renewed by the power of God's word, don't cover that up. Shine that light into the darkness. Shine that light so that all may see the power of Jesus Christ alive in you. Has anyone been changed by the power of Jesus this morning in here? Come on, has anyone been changed, renewed by the power of God? I'm just going to get real with you guys for a minute, if that's okay. Because this is really important here. I think we need to um, grow in this area as a church. If we're being honest this morning, shining that light can be pretty difficult. I'm, I'm throwing myself right in there with you guys. So if you've been changed by Jesus, if you have that light inside of you, what can keep you from shining that light? What is it that's keeping us from shining that light, right? It could be kind of hard to, you know, be bold, be open for Jesus in all the situations that we find ourselves in, not just in the church, right? Because I know it's easy to come here, right? It's easy to come to church, be surrounded by people who believe like you do, worship like you do, probably have the same Bible translation as you. NLT, what's up? New Living Translation. <laughs> shining, but shining your light here isn't going to do much to advance the kingdom of God, right? What really matters is what you do out there. See, this is just the locker room. This is the training ground. Out there is where we play the game. Out there is where souls are won for Jesus, where lives are saved, lives are transformed, families are repaired. Right? I'm not talking about walking out of here and smashing someone over the head with your Bible. I'm talking about the simple little things like... How do you love the people that you work with? Or do you connect with your neighbors? Do you know who your neighbors are? Do people know that you're a Christian by more than what you just post on Facebook? What is keeping you from shining your light? You know, maybe you're ashamed of where God brought you from. And if you've ever felt ashamed of your past life, I have some great news for you. Sometimes God redeems your story by surrounding you with people who need to hear about your past so that it doesn't become their future. 
Sometimes God redeems your story by surrounding you with people who need to hear about your past so it doesn't become their future. See, there's nothing too sloppy for God to redeem. There's no one too far gone to be touched and saved by the powerful grace of Jesus. And there will always be someone who's fighting the same fight that you were at some time. That's why it's so important that we don't cover up the light that's inside of us. That's why Jesus tells us to put that light on a stand and shine it for all of us to see. Let that light be the defining characteristic of who you are as as a person, that no one would have any doubt or question that you have been changed by the power of Jesus. So I want to give you three practical ways this morning that we can shine our light in our community, both as church, as a church and as individuals. So the first one is as a church, Jesus shines when we serve together. Jesus shines when we serve together as a church. We see in Matthew chapter 5, it tells us that a city on a hill cannot be hidden and that we need to let our light shine before men So why? So they will see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Not that they can say, oh, they're such a good person, or oh, they they do so many good things, that it would point them back to who changed us, to who the source is, Jesus Christ. We have an awesome opportunity to come, as, as Brother Carl was just telling us about, to serve together as a church, to unite as a church and shine a light so bright that all the surrounding areas are going to hear about what God is doing here at Risen King. I believe that. That is the very near future. Everyone is going to know that God is doing a very, very special and unique work here at Risen King, and I'm very excited to be serving together with you guys to accomplish that. But our VBS Carnival... And our VBS itself is such a fun way to get plugged in and involved. I encourage you, if you haven't been to any of the carnivals, if you haven't been involved in VBS yet, it's awesome. It's such a fun way to get involved. And get this, this is the best part. This is what makes me so excited. Most of the kids that we get to come to the VBS don't even come to our church. And that's good news. Like, we, we love our kids, obviously. We love our Risen kid, King kids, but we need to keep continually reaching out to the community and letting people know that we're here, that we love them. That's what's really important, that these kids that don't know anything about Jesus may not know, have any Bible knowledge at all. What an awesome opportunity we have to reach this community, because I believe that it all starts with the kids. You know, you get the kids in, you show them love. They will say, Mom, Dad, I want to go back to that church. And they go, why do you want to go to church? Whatever. So it piques their interest, you know. When the world sees us united and meeting real needs within our community, they'll stop and think, hey, I've never seen church done like that before. There's something different over there. Let me see what that's all about, right? Now, you may think to yourself, I know I've been there before, you know, that's great and all. It sounds like a lot of fun, but, you know, I don't have any skills that the church can really use. Or, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have my life together enough to be a part of all that. Like, I'll just keep coming on Sunday, stay in the back row. That's it. No offense to the back row people. That's fine. <laughs> just, just an example. <laughs> but I'm going to stop you right there because that thinking, that line of thought is complete nonsense because, You don't need to be the best at anything. I'm living proof of that. Just be willing to serve, and God will fill in the gaps. Amen? Has anyone seen that in their lives? Amen. Awesome. So when we serve together, it is just a beacon of light to the community that God is doing something awesome in this place. That's the first way that Jesus can shine through us. Second, as individuals... We can shine our light for Jesus wherever we are. It doesn't have to be just here. As we look at the world around us, it can be very easy to be discouraged by the amount of darkness in this world. Every night, you know, you switch on the news at home, whatever, it seems like there's another headline recounting the loss of life or the destruction of a city. It's really, really easy to just get fed up with it, give up on the way things are going, and just throw in the towel. 
But how many of you know that's not what Jesus has called us to do? We can't give up. You see, darkness is the absence of light. And trying to go after all the darkness in this world in our own strength will always leave us fed up, discouraged, and tired. It's like trying to catch your own shadow. But luckily, how many of you know we don't operate in our own strength? We know who the author of both physical and spiritual light is from the beginning of creation. Genesis chapter 1, verses 2 to 3 says this, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. Let there be light. Imagine that. With just four words, God spoke light into existence. He breathed light into a place that was formless, dark, and empty. Now take that and imagine what he can do where you are. Imagine how God can breathe light into your workplace or a coworker's life. Imagine how God can breathe light into the lives of your kids or other family members. Imagine how God can breathe light into your coworkers or your workplace. Imagine how God can breathe light into our community through us as a church. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts. The light that we shine is not ours. It belongs to the Alpha and Omega. It belongs to the creator of heaven and earth. It belongs to Almighty God. I want to share a little story with you guys. There was once a light bulb that was desperately trying to find a way to shine. The light bulb tried everything it could think of. You know, it went to self-help meetings, trying to learn about what it really means to shine as a light bulb. It tried, it read all the books on shining bright for dummies. Each morning, the light bulb would wake up and recite the positive affirmations to itself. I am a light bulb. I believe in myself. I will shine. I can do this. But despite all that, still nothing happened. Eventually, the light bulb got fed up. It began to doubt who it was and if it could really do anything at all. And finally, one day, the light bulb was carefully placed into a lamp, and suddenly, light burst forth and completely filled the room. The light bulb finally understood The key was not to try harder, but to plug into the source. The key was not to try harder, but to plug into the source. Trying to outshine all the darkness in our world and our own strength is always going to exhaust us. It can never be just about us. We're called to be closely connected with God, the source of all light, and remain in him always. When we do that, his light will shine through us and powerfully change the world around us. It can only happen when we're connected to the source. Amen. Third way, Jesus shines as we grow in the understanding and knowledge of his word. Jesus shines as we grow in the understanding and knowledge of his word. So let's continue reading on uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 24. This is Jesus speaking. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. What Jesus is pretty much saying to his disciples is use it or lose it. Have you guys ever heard that phrase before, use it or lose it? Jesus is saying if you press into me, if you stop and listen to my teachings, if you turn turn off the, the hindrances, if you are diligent in understanding my words, you will be rewarded with even more understanding. God will bless that. But watch this. It works the other way too. If you neglect the word of God, if you, put, if you don't put the time to sit down and mature and grow in his word, understand what Jesus is teaching, you will grow more and more ignorant of the truth that is in scripture. Verse 25 says, even what little understanding you did have will be taken from you. So it's not enough to say, you know, I've been saved for 25 years. I don't need to spend time with God anymore. 
I got that all covered. Or I've, been, I've read the Bible cover to cover three times already. I, I've covered all that. We're good. No, we're called to constantly grow and be changed by God's word. You know, for those of you who are more mature in the faith, have been saved for a long time, young guys like me need your guidance. We need to see your example. How do we live this out? Don't stop discipling people. Don't stop dedicating yourself to God's word. Find someone to mentor. Find someone who, can, who you can share with what God has done in your life. Share the knowledge that God has blessed you with over the years. There's always someone that you can be teaching, be discipling. If that's something that Pastor Tom instilled in me, it's always that. Always mentor people. Always disciple people. And that's, you, you can't go wrong with that. You can always find someone to do that with. That's the point of this whole parable. And I beg you, if you don't get anything else out of this message besides the dad jokes this morning... Let it be this. Let it be this. This is the point of all this. God didn't bless you with the understanding of his word and your talents so that you can keep them to yourself. That's why he says, for who lights a lamp and puts it under a basket or a bed? It's as simple as that. It's the same line of thinking. No, he gave them to you so that by living out that understanding and using your talents to glorify him, people will be pointed back to God. That's what this is all about, that we will shine so bright that people will know there's no way that guy's doing that on his own. There's something different, you know. There's something working powerfully in him, and I want to know what that's about. That's what this is all about, guys. I'm, I'm just going to ask the worship team to come forward as we, uh, I just want to share another story with you. So during the Second World War, German paratroopers invaded the island of Crete. When they landed on the island, the islanders met them bearing nothing other than kitchen knives and hay scythes. The consequences of resisting the German troops was devastating. The residents of entire villages were lined up and shot. Overlooking the airstrip today is an institute for peace and understanding founded by a Greek man named Alexander. Alexander was just six years old when the war started. His home village was destroyed and he was imprisoned in a concentration camp. When the war ended, he became convinced that his people needed to let go of the hatred that the war had unleashed on their country. To help this process, he founded an institute at this place that embodied the horrors and hatreds of, of, that were unleashed by the war. One day, while he was taking questions at the end of a lecture, Alexander was asked, what is the meaning of life? There was a nervous laughter in the room. It's such a weighty question, but Alexander answered it. He opened his wallet, he took out a small round mirror, and he held it up for everyone to see. During the war, he was just a small boy when he came across a motorcycle wreck. The motorcycle had belonged to German soldiers. Alexander saw the pieces of broken mirrors from the motorcycle lying on the ground. He tried to put them together, but he couldn't. So what he did was he took the largest piece, he scratched it against the stone until all its edges were smooth and it was round. He used it as a toy, fascinated by the way that he could use it to shine light into holes and crevices. He kept that mirror with him as he grew up, and over time it, it came to symbolize something, something very important. It became a metaphor for what he might do with his life. He said, I am a fragment of a mirror whose whole design and shape I do not know. Nevertheless, with what I have, I can reflect light into the dark places in this world, into the black places of the hearts of men, and change some things in some people. Perhaps others may see this and do likewise. This is what I'm about. This is the meaning of my life. Let that be our prayer this morning.
that we would be like the mirrors reflecting God's glory into the darkest places and the hearts in this world, that we wouldn't be discouraged by the darkness in this world, but instead that we would choose hope, that we would choose to shine bright for Jesus no matter where we are, both as a church and as individuals. Darkness is merely the absence of light. I want to I want to uh, do a little activity with you guys real quick. I want you to think of the darkest room that you can. Close your eyes. Imagine the darkest room that you can possible. A room with no windows, no electricity, no iPhone, no flashlights, nothing. Just total darkness. Now imagine in the far corner of that room, a single candle is lit. Everything changes. Total darkness is completely destroyed by one small candle. Remember this, there is no amount of darkness that can suppress even the smallest light. Once that candle goes on, complete darkness is destroyed completely. And we're going to worship together in a minute here, but first I just want to pray with you. So if you would just rise as we pray together. Father God, I thank you for this word. I thank you that it was a timely word for this congregation, Lord. We claim victory over darkness in this, in this city and the surrounding area. We claim victory over the darkness that is drug addiction, alcoholism, God. We claim your victory, that we will shine your light bright in this place, God. That we wouldn't be scared to be bold for you, God. We pray that you would strengthen us. Make us bold for you, Lord. Allow us to have your heart for the people around us. Give us your eyes to see the people, that we would have patience with them, that we would love them the way that you do, Lord. Father God, I just thank you so much for opening our hearts, God. Thank you for shining this light in us so that in turn that we could shine it in our communities, God. Would you just worship together with us?